Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Danger lurks in the American landscape. No one in their right mind would be out here, which makes it the perfect place to kill someone. Introducing Hot and Deadly from ID, your podcast for classic American true crime served with a side of biscuits and gravy. On each episode, you'll hear some of ID's most shocking stories of murder and betrayal, from the mystery of a preacher shot and killed by a bow and arrow to a former prom queen gone missing and found murdered. Listen to Hot and Deadly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Episodes discuss emotional, physical, and sexual violence. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Dark Dynasties, the podcast where we focus on different rich and powerful families who have ultimately exposed themselves to be corrupt, messed up, and, you know, very dark. Today, we'll continue discussing the Murdoch family and how a boat crash led to their downfall. I'm Sid. I'm Olivia. And welcome to Dark Dynasties. Hello, how are you? Oh, I'm just fine. How are you? I'm absolutely fine. So we've been talking about this Murdaugh family. The Murdaugh murders. And uh, if you guys are tuning in now and you are you haven't seen the first two episodes uh, that we did on the Murdaughs, you can always catch up by following along on Discovery+. Plus. We uh, watched the Murdaugh murders. Yeah, and that's kind of what this is based on. So uh, if you want to go ahead and watch that and follow along, you can or you don't have to. Yeah, it, you know, it's a free country. It is. It really is. So the last episode, we ended on this crazy 911 call. After basically this giant boat crash um, uh, caused by Paul Paul Murdaugh, who was a 19-year-old heir, basically, of like a very, very powerful family. Yeah, he's a a rich kid in a family of a bunch of district attorneys who have kind of controlled the law in this small town. They kind of are known for being able to get away with anything. Um, in 2019, Paul crashed a boat while uh, intoxicated. intoxicated, and one person, Mallory Beach, was thrown from the boat and died. And so he is supposed to stand trial for that. And uh, everyone actually in the in the small town uh, in Hampton County even was just shocked that he was even going to stand trial. Yeah, because this family doesn't often mm-hmm. uh, have to 
you know, have consequences in the same way other people do. Yeah. So so the fact that Paul is indicted is shocking, even though, you know, he gets to have no bond. He's drinking while he's not sure. supposed to be. He's doing a nice version of it. He basically on June 10th is supposed to stand trial. However, uh, I believe it's three days before, yeah, right? Yeah, June 7th, 2021. Uh, 911 gets a call from Alec Murdaugh, Paul's father. Paul's father, Alec. Saying that uh, he's found his son and his wife shot dead. At his own property. Near the dog kennel. So this is a a crazy uh, turn. This is where we ended our last episode. It's where we will pick up the story this episode. So basically, first responders arrive, and Paul's body is found in the dog kennel, shot with a shotgun— and Maggie, the Alex's mom, wife and Paul's mother, yeah, is 15 feet away, shot several times with a semi-automatic weapon. So what's weird here is that there's two different guns used. Right. So were there two different shooters? It appears to be two different shooters, but it also could be, and this is what a lot of people suspect. Yeah. It could be somebody trying to frame it as two different shooters. Absolutely. We also have to remember that, you know, when the coroner arrived, they said the time of death was just 30 minutes before the 911 call. Which is actually a really short amount of time, usually, especially because Alec claimed that he was off the property when this happened. He mm-hmm. was visiting his father. He was on his father's property. And then he came back and found them. He came back uh, sh- kind of shockingly close to when they got shot and then immediately called 911. Yeah, so it's pretty fair. Um, and, and on top of this, you know, the, uh, of course, the murder is three days before Paul's supposed to stand trial. Very suspicious date. So Alec Murdaugh becomes a person of interest. Yeah, because obviously a spouse always becomes a person of interest. The person who finds the body is always the number one suspect. That all combined makes him an absolute person of interest. Oh, yeah. He's like a double person of interest. And, yeah, and this explodes all over the news sure. the next morning. Yeah, the news starts going crazy with theories of, like, why were Paul and Maggie targeted? Uh, there's, like, a theory that it's a criminal that the Murdaws right, put cause, away. Because the Murdaws were dist- district attorneys for so long that, like, if someone got out of jail and was they're back and revenge. They're, they're yeah. here for revenge that and they're going to kill the Murdaugh family. Another theory. theory is that uh, Maggie Murdaugh wasn't living at their home and was meeting with a divorce attorney. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so if, you know, Maggie Murdaugh wasn't happy in the marriage, mm-hmm. do you think Alec Murdaugh was angry she was trying to get away? Yeah. Um, Alec Murdaugh's attorneys also denied uh, this and insisted that they were totally happy, but also at the same time, I don't know how much of a track record this guy has about being trustable in what he says. Yeah, I guess uh, it was a huge rumor around town that everyone was like, no, Maggie Murdaugh hasn't been living on the property. Yeah. Maggie Murdaugh has been seeing a divorce attorney. People have been seeing this happen, so, you know, it's likely that something's going on. Uh, So now there are three deaths Involved in this family, Paul, Maggie, and Mallory. Yes, that are Ma- all being investigated. Yes, Paul was responsible for Mallory. We death. think, yeah, was responsible for driving the boat when Mallory disappeared and then died. And now we have these two mysterious deaths on the property. Yeah, double homicide. So, you know, the investigation starts. People are, um, you know, looking into this. Yeah, SLED, which is the state law enforcement division, mm-hmm. is looking into, you know, Paul and Maggie's. Murders. And this causes them mm-hmm. to, two weeks after the investigation, to reopen yep. a 2015 case where a 19 year old boy named Stephen Smith was found dead on the side of the road. And yeah, and the crazy thing about this is I think that the cops 
haven't even released what it is that they found that made them look into the Stephen Smith case. This is an open investigation. Yeah, this is still going on. So we don't know what the thing was that cops found that made them go, we should reopen this other case from 2015. Yeah. But they found something Mm -hmm. that made them go, like, this is now important to open for this investigation as well. Which is good because the Stephen Smith case is absolutely crazy and deserves to be looked into more than it was. Absolutely. Um, So we can get into that. Yeah, let's talk about the Stephen Smith case because this is pretty crazy. So Stephen Smith is, uh, he was from Hampton, South Carolina. Yeah, he was in nursing school. He wanted to be a doctor. He was 19. Um, And he was openly gay in the South, which, you know, obviously is probably pretty difficult. Yeah, his, everyone who knew him was, uh, said that he was like just an absolute individual and was just like a really confident, wonderful person that just everybody around him loved, except for, I assume, all the homophobic people around sure. him. Sure. Yeah, that that would probably be the case. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, you know, is described in the docuseries as just like this really, like, wonderful person mm-hmm. who people loved, who people really respected. and Yeah, that were close to him, but then, you know, that the people of South Carolina in general were harassing him and mistreating, mistreating him. him. Yeah. So one night at 4 a.m., a man is driving down the road and, yeah, he's, going to work, yeah. and he sees a body and he calls the cops. Right. Law enforcement finds that the body is Stephen uh, in the middle of the road mm-hmm. and he's found with uh, like a massive wound on his head. His shoes and his clothing are totally intact. So it's really interesting when you see someone, I think usually in, in a crime of a hit and run, mm-hmm. if someone is really hit with a car— their shoes are not going to be on. Their shoes usually fly off. Their clothing is usually ripped and torn. Um, it's different forensic evidence than a, than a classic hit and run. Yeah. When the coroner got there, it's immediately ruled a homicide. Yeah. You the, know, the coroner said this, this – it looks like he, he got was shot, shot in, in the head. head. And mysteriously, later on, it was changed, which I've never actually really heard of that. I've never heard of of uh, somebody saying it's very clearly this, and then later on them changing it to something Just that's kidding. really, really not clearly. Yeah, I mean it's a sketchy uh, thing to do. It sounds uh, like they're trying to cover something up. So it's a, ruled a homicide, and then later on the cops change it to a hit and run, a regular hit and run. So there is a cop named Michael Duncan. Yeah. And he's saying this doesn't add up. Yeah, he's as confused as we currently are. And he is openly being like, this is not a hit and run. This doesn't look like a hit and run. This looks like a homicide. inspecting the body. He's like, this doesn't make sense. Yeah, he he inspects the body and goes like, there is no way this was a regular hit and run. This was a homicide. There are no car parts anywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, if there would be car parts or debris or something, there's no sign of any, like, car accident, anything like yeah, that. Yeah, and his Stephen's car actually was three miles away on the side of the road out of gas, and his wallet was in his car. Mm-hmm. So it's confusing. I, there, there, it doesn't all add up. So then Stephen's father, you know, mm-hmm. Stephen uh, being the victim in this case, right. Stephen's father gets a call from Randy Murdaugh. Oh, and that is Alec Murdaugh's brother, yes? Yeah. And Randy asks if Stephen needs representation. Right. And at first, this family is like, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, I can't believe such a big shot lawyer would contact us and offer to help us. Yeah, and and this is in 2015, which is way before, you know, it's way before the boat crash. It's way before anything happened that painted the Murdaws in anything but a positive light. Yeah, and so Stephen's family is honored. And, uh, you know, the Murdaws are a big deal. Meanwhile, uh, Duncan would be getting calls, Duncan, the police officer, 
would be getting calls when he was on the Murdaugh's property. Yeah, so when he was driving around trying to just sort of like investigate and look around, anytime he was on the Murdaugh turf, he would get a call of someone being like, hey, do you need anything? I see that you're here. What are you looking for? Can we help you? It was clearly threatening. Yeah. You know, there's something off there. So a week into the investigation, Duncan, the police officer is questioning this, talks to Stephen's boyfriend, who was the last person to see him that night. Right. And Stephen apparently was uh, calling his boyfriend saying, I'm being followed. Someone is harassing me. He's being harassed by some guys in a pickup truck. Some guys in a pickup truck. And the boyfriend is sure it's murder. Right. What gets even crazier is, you know, Duncan starts interviewing all of Stephen's friends, and they all have the same answer. It's, it's this weird kind of small-town rumor mill thing, again, where it's like, you know, you can't, you can't prove it, but everyone is giving the same very specific answer, that the person who did it was Buster Murdoch. And maybe even Paul, his brother, too. Absolutely. And when we say Buster Murdoch, just to be clear, we are not referring to (laughs) an Uncle Buster Murdoch. We're referring to Paul's older brother, Buster. Yes. So Alec Murdoch's two sons, Buster and Paul. Yes. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply danger lurks in the American landscape. No one in their right mind would be out here, which makes it the perfect place to kill someone. Introducing Hot and Deadly from ID, your podcast for classic American true crime served with a side of biscuits and gravy. On each episode, you'll hear some of ID's most shocking stories of murder and betrayal, from the mystery of a preacher shot and killed by a bow and arrow to a former prom queen gone missing and found murdered. Listen to Hot and Deadly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So the rumor going around goes like this. Is that the brothers were going for a joyride and they passed Stephen and they turned around and drove drove by him and Paul hit him with a baseball bat in the head. 
And um, based on, you know, the stuff we've heard about Paul in the past of him getting really angry and violent when he's drunk. It does not not sound it like It doesn't that. not add up, no. right? Like, there, there's a c- concern to be had. It's not unbelievable. Uh, the, the part that is a, a little bit crazier to hear, which is also just such a layer on it, is that apparently there were a lot of rumors that Buster and Stephen maybe sort of had some sort of a thing in high school, mm-hmm. which... You know, if you are in a homophobic part of the country and you have some weird toxic masculinity energy you're taking out on someone that you used to be attracted to, it would make sense to target a person. You know, I mean, not like it would make sense, but you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it adds up. It adds up. Yeah, basically talk of maybe there being some sort of – you know, hidden relationship. And, or, and this is just speculation and, right. and rumors and there's no evidence for this, but or, it or, is interesting. Yeah, yeah, or flirtation or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, people were saying that there's a chance that maybe Buster didn't want to be associated with that uh, mm-hmm. if if he was trying to cover it up. Right. Um, and so basically the case dries up. Yeah. The, nothing happens. They just call it a hit and run. Yep. They say, no, the Murdoch's were no part of this. Yeah. Which is insane. Yeah, it completely closes until Paul and Maggie are murdered, in which case it actually gets opened back up. Yeah, and we're not – again, we're not sure what opens no, it back they up. Haven't we're told still us. waiting. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're still looking through it. So that is really crazy. So you think, okay, this was the only other thing to come out, mm-hmm. um, you know, at, w- w- during this investigation. There's no other things. But there's another murder. So let's talk about this person, okay? All right. This is a woman named Gloria Satterfield. Gloria Satterfield was the Murdaugh housekeeper who basically raised the kids. She worked for them for 20 years. She yeah. was their housekeeper. She cooked for them. She cleaned for them. She raised the kids. Yeah, um, and she's she got a, a single mother. They she, did not pay her. She did not have—I mean, they didn't pay her well. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they paid her, but <laughs> maybe, paid her, maybe they, not a good livable wage. They did not give her vacation dates or sick days. Yeah. <laughs> if you watch uh, the Murdaugh murders, you'll see her friends yeah. are interviewed, and they talk about her in a very loving way. Yeah. She seems like she was a really selfless person. Mm-hmm. And she really loved those boys like her own, even though they had a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she has told her friends about things that the kids used to do when they were younger— yeah. That were like not okay, you know. Again, like we talked about Paul, earlier, yeah. Paul hurting animals and things like that that were concerning. Yep, absolutely. Gloria Satterfield apparently fell down the stairs. So in February 2018, 911 gets a call from Maggie Murdaugh. Mm-hmm. And Maggie says, our housekeeper fell down the stairs. She's bleeding. And Maggie just discovered her there. Yes. And Paul was there as well. 911 is asking, like, is she breathing? Is she okay? What's going on? They're not really giving straightforward answers. You can listen to the 911 tape. The 911 tape is shockingly um, casual. It's kind of mm-hmm. creepy to listen to. There's, It's very straightforward and cold. Like, there's not a lot of feeling. At some point, Maggie hands the phone to Paul. Yeah. And Paul is talking to the 911 operator. And he asks the 911 operator to stop asking him questions. Yeah, he's like, can you stop asking us questions? And the 911 operator is like, no, this is literally my job and we're still sending people. It doesn't slow yeah, it down. The 911 operator takes it in the same way yeah. probably most people would take it of like, oh, this hurry person up. is worried and they want us to hurry up. Yeah. But we are going as fast as we can and, you know, we're here for you. Yeah. But his delivery is much colder than that. And it kind of suggests that maybe he doesn't care so much. No, he just sounds like he's rushing through the process and 
is, like, irritated with them. Yeah. So um, Gloria goes to the hospital for three weeks. And and this is the just the most fucked up part is that she can't talk. No. So she has swelling in her brain. She has subdermal hematoma. She can't tell anyone what happened. But she's, like, her friend thinks that she tried to tell a friend but, like, wasn't able to. Yeah. But while she's in the hospital for three weeks— And had worked for this family for 20 years. Alec Murdaugh does not visit her once. Period. No one visits her except for Matt—Maggie visits her one One time. time. Yeah, Maggie Murdaugh visits her one time after she has known this woman who has raised her children for 20 years. Yeah. And there was speculation in the Murdaugh Murders docuseries Mm -hmm. that potentially Gloria had found Paul's drugs. Mm Mm-hmm. And had threatened to show them to someone or show them to the mother. Or some, there's some some speculation around that and that uh, potentially that could have happened the day she fell down the stairs. And that essentially what that is suggesting yes. in this case is yeah. that allegedly. Allegedly. At the funeral. This uh, is where it gets super weird. Yeah. At the funeral, Maggie didn't talk to Gloria's best friend. Um and Alec Murdaugh— So, yeah, so Gloria has two sons that she raised as a single mother, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and her two sons are at the funeral. Alec comes up to them and says, hey, let me make this right. This is my fault, which is, for a second, they're hearing that. You're like, oh, wow, is, is he actually going to take accountability for something for real? But then he ends that statement with saying, my dogs did this. Okay, now let's back up. Let's just dive into that for a second. The 911 call is recorded. You can hear it. You can hear it. We've heard it. There are no no dogs. dogs. There's not a single dog. You don't hear a dog barking. You don't hear anyone referencing a dog. You don't hear any. And also, apparently, the dogs were like big dogs that were like rowdy. They they weren't like quiet, sleepy dogs that might have just been there during the call. Like they were. Yeah. They they if his dogs quote unquote did this. Yeah. It would have been mentioned earlier. Yeah, dogs would have been mentioned in some way, shape, or form, maybe, or heard. So Alex says, after pinning this on his dogs, Mm -hmm. which, first of all, not cool. Yeah. Second of all, Alex says, I'm going to sue my own estate and get you boys some money. So— So— What? So Alec literally says, I will represent Mm -hmm. you, Mm -hmm. and we will sue me. Yeah. So this makes no sense. This is not a thing a lawyer can do. No. Uh, if you were thinking like, oh, yeah, that must happen all the time. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's, that's not a thing. And so There's a, a direct conflict of interest here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he is – he – it is literally so, not a thing. So, you know, obviously, you know, Alec is like, I have a great attorney who can help represent yeah. you in a lawsuit against my estate. I'll work with him. Yeah. Which, again – not, doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But they trust this guy, yeah, right? Yeah, Well, he was a family friend that he he came to them saying, you know, I knew your mom forever. I can take care of you guys. And that's their whole thing. They they do that to people. <sighs> yeah. And, and these two boys are, you know, th- their mom has worked with this person mm-hmm. for 20 years. Of course you would think this person would have your best interests in mm-hmm. mind. Especially if they're telling you to your face that they do. So the boys take a back seat and, you know, they're told— to wait for settlement money yeah. to come through. Just wait and, you know, and they basically sign uh, 
everything to a guy who comes on to be their quote unquote representative for Gloria's estate. So yeah, taking they, themselves out of the process basically. Yes. So the, the, someone else is coming in. There's like um, transactions being made that like the uh, the boys are not aware of. Like this is just kind of. So basically, I guess the moral of the story is if anyone ever says, hey, let me help you by suing myself, yeah. just don't even listen to them. No. Um, we're going to get into uh, the rest of the story in a second, but we do have a quick Oh, yeah. Sorry, guys. We never have sponsors, but this this one we, we do. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. This podcast is sponsored by Shady Conman and Associates. Do you need to sue your employer for exposing you to toxic chemicals? Do you need to sue your ex-spouse for custody? Don't. Sue, sue us instead. Here at Shady Conman and Associates, it doesn't matter what you sue us for. Just let us sue us for you. Our process involves listening to you about your case, helping you sign over all your worldly possessions and estate to us, and then you going home and never making contact with us ever again. Don't believe us? Here are some real testimonials from satisfied customers. Norma L. from Beaufort says, They literally took my sedan and won't call me back. Gary F. from Aiken says, I don't think this is legal, but I also don't know what they're trying to do. Geraldine R. from Charleston says, Please call me back. I am just trying to get a hold of you. There is no contact number. You owe me $300,000. Shay D. Conman and Associates. With us, you're like family. And families share their money. Give us your money. That was, a, that was a word from our sponsors, guys. Yeah, really crazy slogan. That's an interesting slogan. It sort of sounds like they kind of started with the Olive Garden slogan mm-hmm. and then just kind of like mm-hmm. ran out of time. Yeah, yeah. They definitely need a punch-up writer on yeah, that one. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, uh, anyway completely they, separate from that. Completely separate. And the, you know what? This has nothing to do with that. No. So Alec Murdaugh offers to sue himself for the boys, and it works. But we don't find out what happens to the money. The boys are waiting for this settlement money. Every time they call, they're just told, oh, wait, it's still being, you know, it's still coming through. Just wait. They wait and wait and wait. And they literally find out about a $505,000 settlement from reading about it in a newspaper. Because later on, a reporter discovers the court records. So this is put in a newspaper article, and they read it in fine print, and they're like, wait a second. We, we never, never got, got this money. money. Yeah. So they found out about it from reading an article in a newspaper, and now, at this point— They're like, well, what do we do? No one knows where half a million dollars is. No. And, and actually, it's even more money than that, which is even crazier, which we're going to get into so much next time. There is so much weird conning going on, I can't even tell you. The thing that shocks me is— how much crazier it gets in just even the next episode. It is absolutely crazy. Stick around. You're going to want to hear about this. We're getting into some uh, possible hitmen situations. We're getting into all kinds of money laundering situations. I've been Sid. I've been Olivia. Thank you for listening to Dark Dynasties.